Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the State of Mars podcast, sponsored, as always, by our good friends at D1 Media Pro, the number one live stream in the state of New Jersey for high school sports. The football team advanced to the non-public A quarterfinals as they absolutely positively destroyed 14 seeded Notre Dame 57-22 to on Friday night. We're going to break down everything from that victory. And also talk about how the soccer team advanced to the South non-public game finals. The cross-country team advancing to the meter champions with their second lowest time in school history. And crew season comes to a close with some positive results at the Head of the Fish and NYRA invitation. We can always be found on any of listening devices on Apple, on Spotify, on Anchor. You name it, we are there. So be sure to search State of the Murders or follow us on our social media profile at SFT Murders to see all of our exclusive murder content. As always, I am your host, Renato Rodriguez of the class of 2010, alongside, once again, the co-host of Talking Giants, Justin Penn of class of 2016. Justin, what a great game that was Friday night, Keenan Point Up. Yeah, Renato, sounds like there's a lot of exciting things happening when we're creeping towards playoffs or end of season respectively for a lot of these programs for St. Peter's prep, but oh boy, um, <laughs> what a game on Friday night for our Marauders kicking off their playoffs in football and uh, 50 to eight at halftime. I mean, that's uh that's kind of, kind of all you need to know in the crux of it. But of course, we're going to talk a lot about it. We're going to talk about specific players. We're even going to preview the matchup a little bit as we uh, look forward towards next Friday night. And we're going to do it all over again. And Justin, I just love like the, the more we go into playoffs, if we see you come on every week, that means it's good, good news. Good news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let, let's talk about everything that happened in that 57 22 victory, as you mentioned. Again, 50 to 8 at halftime. The offense was high octane all day long. 552 yards of total offense, Justin. I mean, no, they've had no chance to champ along in the rest of the offense. Yeah, this was a really, really solid game on all facets and all facets of the game. And this is kind of the prep team that you sign up for. This is the prep team that you know that's that's in there, right? Complementary football, offense, defense, special teams. I mean, we've, we've seen the offense have games like this multiple times this year, even against uh, you know really, really good opponents. Um, it's just... There's been other facets and other sides of the ball that have been a little behind, but this game, you know, obviously the offense is the main headline, but for me, I am most happy and I am most proud of this Marauder defense for really holding it down, forcing some negative plays and giving the offense more opportunities to be explosive and to put points up on the board. So really, really good, complete game from this Marauder team. Right, and even for the young guys, too, came in the second half, guys like Tyler awesome. Bell, Noah Terry, that's going to be the duo to talk about, you know, next year, Noah Terry, Jalen Klein, 
going to be taking off with Tyler Bell, quarterback. So it's, it's, it's a great it's a great test for this more team. And he said a complete effort by all phases of the game. But the one the one downside, Justin, which we'll talk about this maybe a little more to go into the offense defense, was too many penalties. Again, ninth mm. for 115 yards. A lot of sportsmanlike comic penalties as well. It's a little bit of a negative going into next week's game. But again, complete domination by all three phases of the game. Yeah, uh, really, uh, that is a great point because when the score is so lopsided, you sometimes do forget about the penalties. But especially when after the whistle blows and the play is over and you're costing your your team 15, 30, 45, you know, 60 yards with unnecessary roughness, whether it's unnecessary roughness, uh, you know, whatever those penalties are. Uh, it, it's not good. So that is something that they definitely have to clean up next week. But again, I'm not really thinking about it. I think that's just being disciplined, not celebrating too much, not getting too high, staying in the moment. Um, and just con- continuing to play disciplined football. So let's take a look at the highlights. Justin. we had the highlights from, from last week's game oh. with Kevin Connolly and Justin Pennick on the call. So guys take it away. On that a little bit later on when, Notre Dame takes the field. Long to pass on first down. They're going to uncork a bomb down the near sideline. It is caught. That's Hassan Moore on the reception and preps in business early in the middle of the field. They rotate right at pro snap. It's an RPO. It's Long who turns the corner, makes a man miss. Long still on his feet, and he's in for a touchdown. Fan base trying to motivate their defense. They're making some noise here. That's the play action. Serace hit as he throws, and it is intercepted. The Marauders come up with the pick. Samad Bailey comes in motion. Long will roll out to the strong side. Long looking at downfield. Has a man down to the back corner of the end zone. Caught. Touchdown prep. Flip the field inside Notre Dame territory. They'll run a trick play. Wide open downfield. That's Massey. He's got it. He's got a touchdown. His second of the night. Ryan O'Flaherty goes into his bag of tricks. And Champ Long dials up a 41-yard touchdown pass to Kenyon Massey. There's plenty of tape that shows that Prep's defense is bad against the run, and they're trusting. Oh, they bring Blitz again. He throws over the middle, and it's intercepted. It's Jaden Bonsu right on cue. Bonsu turns the corner, and the Ohio State product is in for a touchdown. The goalpost and stay there. Well, again, he rolls out, flips a pass to Hassan Moore, makes a man miss, dives for the goal line, and he's in for a touchdown. Champ Long lighting it up here on a Friday night. Long uncorks another deep bomb. Massey's there. Oh, what a catch (laughs) from Kenyon Massey, and it's a touchdown. Play action, Long over the middle. Got a man. It's Reese. Can he stay on his feet? Yes, he can. And he high steps into the end zone for a prep touchdown. He comes in motion. Bell trying to set up a screen wide open in the middle of the field. Look at the hole for Andres Perez. Can they catch him? Yes, they can inside the five. Offense line's had a really great game. Terry up the middle towards the goal line. No signal yet. He's in for a touchdown. Second career varsity touchdown for Noah Terry. Final score, St. Peter's Prep 57, Notre Dame 22. And boy, Justin, that was a great, great victory. And again, too many explosive plays on the offenses by the ball. I mean, talk about what? I think we had eight, eight explosive plays, two for 15 to 20 yards. So this tomorrow team, which is using the explosive play at will in this game. Yeah, when you have eight of 20 plus yards, Renato, 
Um, <laughs> that's that's exactly what you want. Um, you, know, you, you can't kind of script it any better than that. And something with this Marauder offense, I had a feeling, you know, because Kevin and I, we talk about it in the booth. Obviously, we talk in the pregame show as well that we do. Renato. You know, we always talk about, we theorize, what is the prep offense? What are they going to come out and do? Because we know that basically whatever they commit, whatever they commit to, and commit is the mm, key word, right. whatever they commit to, they can do well. Um, and it's just a matter of can they commit to something. So I I thought that they were going to come out very up-tempo this game. The last yeah, couple weeks, yeah, it's been we're trying to help out the defense a little bit by slowing things down, running the ball a little bit more, maybe playing the clock, playing time of possession, things like that. They especially showed that against Seton Hall that they were willing to slow things down. I thought playoffs, you're at home, cave in point. The defense is also starting to play a little bit better by forcing some negative plays. I'm thinking they're going to pick up the tempo. This is going to be an extremely high-tempo, fast game. It's going to be one of those games where uh, it's it's every single week, Renato. The chain gang and the officials, <laughs> they, they're they like, they don't realize how fast this prep offense has to go and how they have to right. get on their horses. So right. after after the first few plays, it's the officials are, blo- are blowing the play dead because the chain gang needs to set up which that happens almost every single week whenever prep wants to start off fast like that. So they did it. They basically did it for the entirety of the first half, you know, when there was not a running clock. Um, And then the second half, when there was a running clock, they obviously slowed things down, but I thought that prep is going to start off fast and they definitely did. And, you know, whenever prep can have complimentary football on the defensive side of the ball, where the other team isn't holding the ball for, you know, long drives that, up-tempo, fast-paced, let's put points up on the board in a hurry is so, so dangerous and lethal because it leads to high-scoring outputs, and they had 50 points in the first half. Right, and we talk about third-down conversions, Justin. I know you're, you're a big analytics guy, right? You're big, yep. You love, love the analytics. The Marauder offense, 5 for 8 on third-down, 63%, but it gets better, Justin. It was about even four-piece in terms of less than 10 yards, greater than 10 yards. The Marauders converted 75% of their third downs, less than 10 yards, mm-hmm. and 50% greater than 10 yards. So no matter what the situation, the Marauders are just able to execute. Yeah, whatever they wanted to do, they, they mm-hmm. were able to do it well. But that's not the stat that impresses me the most, Renato. There's, what, do you know what, the what stat, stat I'm talking you? about? What stat? I want to hear which stat impresses you the most. Was it four out of preps eight 20-plus yard plays came on first and 10? Yes. So four, four of the eight explosive plays were on first and 10. Same that's thing, awesome. similar, similar to Notre Dame as well. That's awesome. Um, that's awesome for this prep offense. Um, they're really going to need that. You know, when we're talking about we're moving forward in the playoffs, you know, maybe it's mm-hmm. not going to be, you know, you're not going to have eight 20 plus yard plays and all, and, and half of them are going to come on first down. But early down efficiency um, is just a key in any football game, but it's especially going to be key in these playoffs moving forward. If you want an offense that's going to sustain drives, if you want an offense that's going to put up points, if you want an offense that's going to put up points in a hurry, doing it on first down and having that early down efficiency um, is going to be extremely, extremely key for them. So it was really cool to see that they were able to do that on Friday night. And a couple key notes to know about the offense also. Jalen Klein didn't get a lot of reps. You know, he was a little bit banged up last week. I guess the uh, offensive corner went for one to give him a little bit more of the break this week, more Isaiah Giles yeah. carries. But I think going to next week's game, I think if Klein's ready to go, I think we're going to see more Jalen Klein, especially against this Del Barton team, who's also very efficient offensively as well. 
I mean, and that's just the beauty of, I feel like a, the prep backfield every single year has just two guys, two, maybe three guys that they can just turn to at any moment and say, all right, you're going to, you're going to carry the mantle this game. You're going to, you're going to take this drive. You're going to, the other guy's going to take that drive. So the combo of, um, you know, Giles and Klein has been lethal all year. And, you know, if there's ever somebody that's maybe struggling, got a little bit of a bang the bankle or whatever, you know, the other guy is able to, you know, carry the load for the prep offense and and do well. So I'm excited to see when both of those guys are at full strength next week and we'll rock and roll against uh, Del Barton. But Renato, let's talk about our player of the game because it's it, it, he's on the the precipice. I think that's the correct word. Uh, precipice, yes. He's on the brink of doing something historic. So a play of the game for the offense has to be Kenyon Massey. Three catches, 88 yards. All three catches were touchdowns. And as Justin mentioned, on this season so far, Kenny Massey, 63 receptions, 914 yards, and 13 scores. The historic part about this is Minka Fitzpatrick's senior year score record was 1,111 yards. So do the math correctly, Justin. He's about 197 yards away from breaking the all-time single-season record. So we got to talk more about Kenny Massey. I mean, this guy's having a historic season. Historic. And he's doing it, too, where – there's a legit wide receiver 1A slash 1B. I, I think Kenny Massey and Zion Fowler kind of alternate between being that 1A, 1B. He's doing it with Zion Fowler on the other side too. It's not like Kenyon Massey is the right. only focal point of this prep offense. That also just is a testament to how talented this offense is. It goes, it's a testament to how awesome champ long is, but really Kenyon Massey, this is not his third year in the system. This is his first year. This first is his year. first uh -huh. year in, in this offense. And he is having this historic, historic season in his junior year as a transfer from St. Joe's Montville. This has to be the, the most quietest, <laughs> yes. like historic season. Cause Kenny Massey is just reliable every single week. He is reliable right. every single week. He puts up these big plays and even this game, like it, that that catch that he had and you saw if on YouTube you saw it and then you heard the call for for our for our audio listeners but even like you know go on YouTube and watch and you know watch the the, the visual hub got that shot yeah. right Renato that's great shot that's great shot so go on socials and watch it but just seeing it from the booth that catch that Kenyon Massey had um that his his that was his second touchdown catch <laughs> of of the night. Mm -hmm. It looked like everybody else was going in regular motion. The speed of the game was going normal for everybody else. But Kenyon Massey was going in slow motion. Just catching, he caught the ball with one hand, and then he kind of pressed it against his like leg, you know, kind of just to, to stabilize the ball. And then he possessed the ball with kind of two hands to fully to fully bring yeah. it in. It just looked like he was moving in slow motion. I have never seen something like that and there's a defender that's draped over him i mean that was just incredible incredible stuff and he's having a historic historic nearly almost depending on what happens these next few games hopefully there is a few more games left in this prep season a record-breaking school record season um and it's been it's like it's like a very quiet one too <laughs> it's a very quiet one. yes i know i know he actually brought it up to me on, on social media about that he was that close to me i was like wow this is actually a really great season. We got to talk more about it. And he's a junior. He's a junior. I mean, sky's the limit for Kenny Massey, man. So he is our offensive player of the game. So now, Justin, 
talk to us about the defense. I know you t- you were very, very excited about how the defense played this week. Yeah, and I kind of just want to start off with our defensive player of the game, too. We have not seen a lot of teams test Jaden Bonsu this year. And I think that's for good reason. Like, Jaden Bonsu has to be one of those guys that you start off your, your weekly team meetings if you're an opponent of prep. We cannot target him. We cannot run towards him. We cannot throw his way. We need to stay away from number 21, and we need to limit Jaden Bonsu's impact on the game. Mm-hmm. Teams have done that. Notre Dame did not do that. Notre Dame was testing him. Um, It led to a pick six. It led to an interception return for a touchdown for Jaden Bonsu, which I can maybe count on my hand, like on one hand this year. I can count on one hand the amount of times that Jaden Bonsu has been targeted in the past game this year. Um, And then lo and behold, Jaden Bonsu this year, uh, again on Friday, uh, he gets his first interception of the year, and then it winds up being a pick six. But even before that, the play that I was more impressed by was he comes in on a nickel blitz, blitz from the secondary. He gets a hit on the quarterback that alters the path of the throw. Mm-hmm. It goes high in the air. And then you have Samad Bailey that's able to come down with the interception. And that was the first interception of the game for St. Peter's Prep. And this is a team and this is a defense that has had a lot of trouble forcing turnovers, a lot of trouble just forcing negative plays in general. So the right. fact that Jaden Bonsu was able to basically force two turnovers in this game himself when the game really mattered too, when the game was close, yeah, um, close early on, yeah. when the game was close, Jaden Bonsu was able to do that himself was really, really awesome. And when there was an opportunity for him to have an impact on the game, he had that major impact on the game. So Jaden Bonsu, defense player of the game. And talk about explosive plays also, Justin. The, this prep defense only allowed three, and two of them were for scores. Yeah. So they, they did a great job just limiting the amount of, of, of damage that Notre Dame could do. So I want to give credit to defensive backs, Coach Nazal, and their DBs. They only allowed 40 yards in the air besides those two touchdowns. So that was a great job there. The rushing game, you know, still, still mm-hmm. needs a little work. You know, they allowed six yards per rush. I know Justin was talking about that before we went on air, about how defense needs to, you know, work that a little bit more, right? Yeah, the, the only worry that I still have about this prep defense is their ability to stop the run. Uh, I, I thought Notre Dame was going to commit to the running game a little bit more. They do have A.J. Sarace, who is an awesome, awesome he's quarterback. Good. I mean, he, okay. you know, he's getting D1 offers from you know uh, Tennessee, Rutgers, Michigan State, all these D1 schools, and it's really rightfully deserved. He's a really, really tough kid. He was getting hit. Uh, the O line was doing an an all right, you know, all right job protecting him. But credit to our our prep defense and our pass rushers, and also credit to Richie Hansen for really bringing some elaborate blitz packages that forced AJ Sarace to get rid of the ball a lot sooner than he wanted to. But AJ Sarace is a really really tough kid with a lot of arm talent, very very smart. Um, you know, and he kept Notre Dame in the game, you know, for for quite you know for maybe even longer than they should have been. Uh, to be honest, but Notre Dame was really committing to throwing the ball, which we're not. I don't know if we've had, you know, maybe besides St. Joe's prep earlier in the year, I don't know if we've had a team that we faced this year that have committed to throwing the ball. Yeah, I think they had like almost 30 attempts passing. So that, that's that's a lot. Yeah, and then running the ball was working, and I thought that they were going to do that a little bit more. I know Rasheen Young, um, their big number 34 running back, he was hurt. 
Uh, so they were going with, uh, I believe, uh, Powell number 13 yeah. is, a, is a wide receiver. Um, so they were going with a little bit of an unconventional ground game, but it was working for them. They averaged six yards per rush on the ground. Um, and I think, to, uh, you know, who are, you know, Del Barton, who are playing next week, if, if Bergen Catholic is going to be up in, t- in two weeks from now, if we do win on next Friday night, those teams are going to commit to the ground game like they did when they previously played yeah, St. Peter's exactly. Prep the right. first time. So um, mm-hmm. this prep defense has to bunker, bunker down a little bit more, force the, continue to force these negative plays and not allow these rushing offenses to be so efficient. And a couple last statistics about the defense special teams. Defense on third down, 40% efficiency. Two for six, greater than third down, greater than 10 yards on third down, which is that's a good stat that they're forcing third and long situation. We've been, we've been harping about that all season long. Right? If you force them to third and long, right, force other teams to, to make mistakes, which is what Notre Dame did in that game. And in terms of special teams, champ long, you know, 36 yards prom, pretty good. But also, a guy of the podcast, Nico Duarte, one point away from 100 career points. Mm. Yeah, so, good for so Nico. Next, next, so next week will be a little bit of a celebration. One more point, Nico gets 100 career points. So good for Nico. Good for Nico, indeed. So, Justin, let's talk about Del Barton briefly next week. You know, they beat St. Joe's Metuchen 42-6. And the last time you saw Delby was that exciting 32-27 game that you and Kevin called, and you'll be calling again this week as well. Robert Russo did a tremendous job in that game. 358 passing yards, three touchdowns. Ryan Traffer, the, the Christian McCaffrey yep. of Del Barton, he's had 250 all-purpose yards. He was the force to be reckoned with all game long. And it came down to the final play in which Robert Musso missed his tight end in the back of the end zone. So what what do the Marauders have to do to advance the next round facing a, a great team like Del Barton? Defense, defense, defense. Defense, defense, defense. defense. I mean, you know, you, you had a pretty solid offensive output, I believe, the first time that these yeah. two teams played. Uh, but the defense kind of allowed them to come back late. They really had a second half surge, and it really was on the back of Ryan Trafford. Um, and the thing about the thing about uh, Delby is that Ryan Trafford's not the only option that they have in no. the backfield. I mean, no. Ryan Trafford. I felt like you know there was times where I was saying that. I feel like they should leave him out there more, but you also don't want to overwork anybody, you know? And if you have the depth and if you have a, you know, kind of the one, two punch kind of like St. Peter's prep has um, to put different people in the backfield to keep, uh, to keep like Ryan Trafford and his legs fresh, Philly, you should do that. But really it was on the back of Ryan Trafford um, in the receiving game and on the ground as well. So we're going to revisit that game a little bit more um, on our pregame show. I'm going to rewatch it, especially in my, in my prep for, uh, calling the game on D1 Ooh. Media Pro, but really the key to this game is defense, defense, defense. So join us again on the pregame show. That's going to be right before the game. So Friday, 6.30 on Twitter and YouTube. And of course, you can listen to Justin Pennant calling the game with Kevin Connolly on D1 Media Pro Friday at 7 on the NFHS Network. So Justin, I want to say thank you again for joining us. I know you're going to be watching some NFL stuff as we're recording this now. It's 12.50 on Sunday. So I know. Go the Jets. Much. Go Jets. Even though I doubt they're going to beat the Bills. but Oh, they're going to beat the Bills. You're going to you're, you're listening to this Monday at <laughs> 9. You're listening to this podcast or you're watching this podcast. Hey, go subscribe to the YouTube. We'll have subscribe that. Subscribe at now. SOTM Network. Yes, go subscribe. To that. SOTM Network. 
network how do you like yeah. that um you're li- you're watching slash listening to this monday at 9 17 a.m i'm a i'm a i'm a, I'm a psychic 9 17 a.m you're listening to this, or, or 8 17 8 you're on your way to work and maybe, maybe 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 six o'clock in the morning so six maybe. o'clock in the morning <laughs> and the jets our new york jets have beat the buffalo bills all right i'm gonna hold you to it i'm gonna hold you to it <laughs> All right, so thank you, Justin, for coming on again. We really appreciate it. So now here is the State of the Martyrs Club president, Ben Novosayolik, of the class of 2024, with an announcement to the current St. Peter's Prep student body. So, Ben, take it away. Hey everyone, this is Junior Ben Novoselk, the president of the State of the Marauder Sports Reporters Club. If you're a student at St. Peter's Prep and you want to get involved with sports media or broadcasting, come to one of our club meetings. Dates and times of the meetings will be published on the daily announcements, but if you want more information, you can just email me at novoselkb24 at students.spprep.org. We look forward to seeing you guys. Well, thank you, Ben, for that announcement. So now let's talk about the news. Make sure you download the app today by visiting our social media at SOT Marauders. And again, download the app for all of your athletic links, streams, schedules, texting service form, and much, much more. So make sure you download the app today. So let's talk about what happened with the soccer team as they advance to the seventh non-public A final. They started their week by playing against the number six seed in the tournament, St. Joe's Metuchen, in the quarterfinals. The Marauders will open up the scoring with a William Santamora blast off a pass from Chris and Consanzo in the 12th minute. But then Joseph Marinello will respond for St. Joe's in the 35th minute to level the game right before halftime. But then Matt Sabrero would make it 2-1 in the 54th minute he put in a loose ball that was in the box into the back of the net to make it 2-1. And then at the last moments of the game, St. Joe's had an opportunity to try and chip junior goalkeeper Simon Yanez, but their attempt was just a little wider than that. The Marauders were hanging on to win it 2-1 to advance to the semifinals, which happened again on Saturday. They hosted seven-seated Paul the Six, and boy, ladies and gentlemen, if you did not watch the live stream or even see the video, which we're going to show in a little bit, the video of what happened in that game, what an epic battle this was defensively. Both defenses were just blocking shots, you know, trying to retain possession, and it was scoreless heading into sudden death overtime. John DeRick had a chance early on in this game, to make it a one-up the Marauder advantage, he had a penalty kick 
glorious opportunity, but he would hit the bar. He would hit the bar. And then right before this play happened, the Marauders would get a glorious chance right in the beginning of overtime. Christian Pereira would shoot it from distance, and he hits the post. It's supposed to be iron, not doing justice for the Marauders. But then just a minute later, after Christian Pereira hits the bar, this play is going to happen. Now let me drop off for the Marauders because the referee was in the way. In the box. Loose ball! They score! Reed wins the game. Jaden Reed wins it in overtime. What a way to end it. Jaden Reed, the overtime hero, and the Marauders advance. And boy, did the Marauders advance. Jaden Reed. Overtime riddle, and for the first time since the COVID year 2020 Northeast Regional Sectional Final, the Marauders are going to the NJSAA South Non Public A Final. Dominiana's seven save shutout in the victory for St. Peter's Prep, and they're gonna now face the number fourth ranked team in the state of New Jersey, number one ranked team in the bracket, Christian Burroughs Academy on Wednesday. Was shot. At the state national title. So again, congratulations to our soccer marauders and good luck on Wednesday. Now, cross country advanced to the NJSIAA meet of champions with another great performance on Saturday. Theodore McCarthy and Alex Schimmel finished eighth and tenth respectively, and they competed so well in this race. Their times were also close to school records as Teddy's time was tied for second at 16.19 and Alex's time was third best in school history with a time of 16.21. The team also averaged out to a time of 16.51 for the second lowest time in school history for the course overall. And they finished third overall as a team. So as a result, they're going to make it to the meet of champions. Let's go. Wild card berth. So next Saturday, back at Homedale Park. Make sure you come out, support your Marauders. And again, congratulations to everyone on the cross-country team for this tremendous accomplishment. So a lot of championships, opportunities to talk about for your St. Peter's Prep Marauders. The crew team, their season is now over as they had their last two races of the year. Two weeks ago, they went to the head of the fish and they got some great results, including the Frosh A-Boats getting fourth and ninth place. The Novice A-Boat getting 11th place. The 1V-Boat getting ninth place. The 2V-Boat getting fifth place. And the 3V and 4V-8-Boats getting 10th and 12th place, respectively. Then... They went to compete at Olderbeck Park in the NYRA Invitational. The Frosh 8 boat would win the event, first place. So again, 
<laughs> nice job. More wins. More wins. I love it. Congratulations to everyone on the crew team. And stay tuned until next year, literally, because they're going to have some off-season workouts, get ready for their spring season. So stay tuned to hear more about our crew merch. Once again, congratulations to everyone who competed this week. And be sure to check out the schedule linked on the app for times and locations for this week's game. So now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for my favorite part of the podcast. It's going to be the Marauder Player of the Week Award. And again, last week's nominees, I want to talk to you guys about them quickly. All seniors, Niall O'Neill for football, John DeRecco for soccer, Ashkat Agarwal for water polo, Alex Schimmel for cross country, and Avi Chaudhry for crew. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get a drum roll, please. And the winner, Riff, a whopping. 70% of the vote. The winner of last week's Marauder Play of the Week award goes to Avi Chaudhry. Congratulations to senior Avi Chaudhry. And now, here are the five nominees. No, excuse me. Three nominees. Yes, three nominees. For this week's award, let's take a look at the first candidate, Jaden Bonsu. Yes, Jaden Bonsu, as Justin mentioned, had a great game of all. Had the pick six that was returned for a touchdown. Again, he forced the second interception as well. Jaden Bonsu was all over the field, all game long. Was that overall play of the game for football? The second candidate goes to. Jaden Reed, soccer. Again, no explanations needed. Game-winning goal to advance the Marauders into the state sectional final. And last but not least, Theodore McCarthy from Cross Country, who had the second-best school record at the media champions of the group stage. And, again, has been a great force all season long for the Cross Country team. So, though, with the link on the app, which you can find at SOT Marauders. And remember, that voting will close on Saturday, November 12th at 11.59 p.m. We're going to reveal the winner on next week's podcast and on all the social media platforms. So vote for who you think should be this Marauder Player of the Week. Well, that's going to do it for another edition to the State of the Mars podcast. I want to thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode. And again, I want to thank Justin Pennick of Talking Giants for coming on and giving us his analysis to the football game. Continue to spread the word of the State of the Mars podcast by sharing our social media profile at SOT Murders to everyone you know and continue to check them out for all of the latest updates. We hope to see you all next week as we recap everything from Grand and Warren. And as always, let's 
go trap. Hey, this is Caprice James, assistant athletic trainer, and you're listening to the State of the Marauders podcast, the only podcast that covers St. Peter's Perch athletics.